What is good? Let's have some fun. It's the Fundamism Podcast with your host, Paul J. Long, and all things fun. We'll let the fun begin. Woo! What is good, ladies and gentlemen? It's Paul J. Long and another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. We're here uh, with a fascinating gentleman today, but before we introduce him, got to shout out our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle doing great things in the Kansas City community, but as always, like we say on every single episode, you don't have to be a Kansas City resident to appreciate their duds. So go to charliehustle.com to learn more. And without further ado, we have our guest, Luther Glover, in the building. How you doing, Luther? What's up, my man? So, Luther, we're going to get into who you are and what the heck you do. Super excited about it. Before we do that, we like to start with one question every guest. What do you do for fun, brother? I play basketball. Uh, do you play it well, though? That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a for, for 36-year-old man, yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, we did the Kareem Rush episode here at your gym, TFW, which stands for what? Training for Warriors. Training for Warriors. And that, that's a franchise, right? Correct. Okay. So we're going to get a little more into that. But uh, I walk in to your gym for the first time. I meet Kareem Rush. Uh, you walk in mm-hmm. and I say, oh my goodness, like I know you. <laughs> uh, so we used to hoop back in the day at 24-Hour Fitness. Yeah, well, I still playing overseas. Yeah. yeah. I know this dude. So, so you were playing overseas. And again, we're going to get into that as well. But it's just interesting how how the world turns, right? And, and karma and uh, relationships. And we've uh, re-sparked or reignited our relationship. I didn't know you very well back then, but we correct, talked. Correct. But we have been hooping lately. Yes, a lot. Well, you've been hooping and I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been getting my cardio <laughs> getting, in. <laughs> getting buckets on. <laughs> so, Over 59. <laughs> so that is true. Uh, matter of fact. Uh, Me and Kareem, uh, 59, you got zero so far. Hey, right? you'll, you'll keep, get put, there. keep putting there. me on blast. But of those 59, how many you got, Lou? Hey, I'm in like 10. 10? Hey, I got 10. 10. <laughs> I got 10. Uh, Lou, of course, is a trader and not a mathematician. That 10 is an escalated number. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Lou, we play uh, basketball. We've played now three or four times. And, right. you know, you, you give me grief. Uh, my shot has been suspect. I haven't got a W at all in one-on-one, and I love the format in which we play. Um, I did get a win in Around the World because I'm more of a shooter, uh, and I'm more of a fundamental basketball player, so I don't know what to do with myself when people aren't setting picks and whatnot. Correct. I'm making a bunch of excuses right now for why I'm losing in one-on-one. Kareem, it's okay. Uh, in Around the World, <laughs> just that once. But, but here's my point. You know, I'm learning, again, the game of basketball because it, it is kind of like a bike. You know, you, you, you remember how to do it, but yeah. still, just like anything, it takes practice. And so my shot is extremely broke right now as, oh, uh, yeah, sure. as evidenced by uh, right, a plane day. But that said, I'm sure that you went through times in your career uh, where your shot wasn't where you wanted it to be or where your athleticism wasn't wanted to be or your stamina or whatever it may be. So how do you work, how you work your way through that stuff? So as far as working my way through it, um, I think my best thing was like, what I did was I just I had I always was an underdog, mm. and uh, I was always the dude that was like like not that good enough. This I was athletic, I was real athletic, super athletic. So that was my niche, super athletic and worth ethic. With those two things, I kind of like used it to like you know like try to get better. Like all right, like I used to let until I was like twenty two years old, I used to let people like. 
they bring me down or let the negative negativity overcome me. So once I got to 22 and I'm like, shit, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm going to be me. I'm happy who I am. I started uh, progressing. And, uh, you know, when I was in the college playing ball, I started, you know, just loving life, loving, loving me. And the rest was pretty much history. Where did you play basketball at in, uh, in college? So I went to KCK Community College, started there. Then I went to University of North Dakota. Uh, Fargo transferred to Lincoln my last year. And um, after that, 2006, I started playing in Mexico. And I went to Colombia and played over there in Bogota. Then I went to, back to Mexico. Then I went to like Estonia, played there, Finland. Oh, that's where Rob's from, yeah. Estonia, right, Rob? You're from Estonia. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> Rob just got the results back of his DNA test. He is uh, 47% Transylvania, 44%. So, but all vampire. <laughs> all vampire. <laughs> so you played a lot overseas and that generated a lot of uh, life experiences and life yeah. lessons for you. So um, I know that that was kind of a challenge because you were basically thrown into this completely new culture, something that you were uncomfortable yeah. with. Uh, your come up was, was like many individuals, uh, somewhat of a struggle growing up in a a dual parent household, right? Like they, they dual stay- parent household. They both work like crazy, right? Just to, just to make ends meet. So still work. My dad does, and uh, mom's retired. But growing up in a double parent home was cool. But like people think it's it's good as far as ethic wise, and as far as um, having a dad in there in my life. Because some black men in the hood don't have a dad, and it's always just a mom. So for me to have that structure, it was cool. They I was more sheltered to, as well. And, um, I mean, I seen a lot of crazy stuff going on, you know, don't get me wrong, but I was lucky that I didn't, you know, I wasn't on the street smoking weed and, you know, uh, dealing with, with gangs and violence and stuff, how our era, how it was. What kept you from getting involved in that lifestyle? Because I know it's very easy uh, to follow folks and to want to be uh, accepted. So when I was like, I say like 10 or 11 years old, I, I grew up on 920 Cleveland, so like, I used to see, all you saw was like people like, you know, those gangs was big back then. But back then it was more like fist fights, knives and stuff. You know, sure. like now it's, you know, you say you say something to the wrong person, they shoot you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like my parents, it was, it was, a, it was a, like the real hero with that. They kept me out of, they kept me on a straight and narrow. I was too scared to make them disappointed. So I always think about, you know, the repercussion behind shit, mm-hmm. my mom and dad. So, with them, um, thinking about them first, and then just like I, I was like, I don't want to be them people, even though those were the cool people, quote unquote. You know, I was on the outside, like, oh, he's a geek, he's a nerdy. He's Is that not. true? No, but I'm just saying, like, I but was. But did they I was look corny. at you that yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was corny, I was lame. I feel like I'm still corny and lame, but I, I don't. Give oh a, yeah, you know, you're corny I, as yeah, hell. I don't give a shit. Just, <laughs> you know, like, like I dress how I dress. I, you know, I don't want to be like everybody else. Sure, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, once you're once you're comfortable being like who you are in, in, in your skin, like who gives a shit what someone else thinks. Sure. You know what I mean? Like be you. That's absolutely right. Now, um, you know, for you and like many others, athletics gave you opportunities, um, created environments for you to meet people that you typically wouldn't hang out with, gave you the opportunity to get away from, you know, the challenges that your neighborhood uh, created um, for you and, and others. Right. So, Talk to me about, or talk to us rather, about your experience overseas. So you went to North Dakota, transferred to Lincoln. Uh, now you're overseas. You're thrust into this completely new culture. You don't have all the people and things in your life that kind of made you tick. How did you cope with that? 
So at first it was like real scary. It was like, you over there, you, you, you're, you're there, but you're not there. You're like, oh shit, I'm here, but this is different. Like eating at the food was different. I think for me, the main experience that was, was the first time I went over for, um, I think it was like, um, I forget exactly where, but I'm on a rail, like in Europe. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like everybody doesn't, no one talks. Like you can walk up to somebody and say like, oh, it's Finland, Helsinki. So I'm in Helsinki and I'm on a rail. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, and they just look at you like, cause over there, no one talks. So like you said, could it hey, be that they just don't speak like English? You, no, 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 no. You, no, they speak English. They speak English. You just, they just don't talk. You're, okay. People in Finland, they just like real like resting bitch face. Okay. And so like you're like, man, like no one's talking. Like <laughs> so you like, did I do I got a booger on my face? Like, <laughs> but in actuality, it's just that's their culture. You know, they Finnish people have that face. They don't really speak to. They sure. just let you speak to them. And, and, to, and they don't know you, they don't know you. So it's like... It's like walking down the street in Connecticut. Yeah, and so for me, it was kind of hard because I'm like, I'm the only child. So I'm like, man, I'm in this... You know, I, I hung out with my teammates, but I didn't hang out with them sometimes. I just really... I, I, had, I, didn't, have, I didn't use Skype. I used Facebook at the time and a little thing that you put into your laptop called Magic Jacks. Okay. And that's how I taught. I just stayed on there. I, I, mean, I ran my phone bill up talking to people. <laughs> Over there, we had three practices and one... Uh, three practices and one game a week. So I had a lot of downtime. And over there, it's dark. It's like Alaska. It's dark all day. Mm. And then... Depressing. Yes. So <laughs> that was like one of the uh, craziest, uh, like, you like, this is not Europe. Like, I never had, I was never big time to play in like Euro Cup, like Italy, France and all that. But the places I went, I, I could touch real good on like culture-wise. Mm. It made me appreciate what little I had. And... It made me not look at money. It, it, it really made me look at like just the experiences. Like I, we could, I could say, oh shit, like I gotta pay these bills, blah blah blah. But you, you, when I played in Mumbai, India, case in point, you, you, you drive down the street. I'm in a nice hotel. They got me put up for play, play. And then down the road, you see like a, a, a mom in there on the side of the road, and she's washing her kid up in rain puddle water. Mm. That like just broke. I was just crying like crazy. I'm like seeing that. It was just like eye opener. And then they like, have three million people in poverty over there. So I'm like, you know, we as uh, U.S. citizens and Americans, we sometimes forget how blessed we really are. Sure. And, like you go to them third world countries, like uh, like Colombia, it's the most beautiful country, but certain parts are very poor. And I mean, you we over there playing ball and making a little bit of money, but it's just like these people. This is where they live. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like. It's pretty for us to go and visit, but it's like, man, we take life for granted sometimes. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. And what I find amazing about that story, and uh, I'm learning more about you every single day. Yeah. And, you know, somebody told me the other day, you and Lou are boys. Like, you've known each other for forever. Well, I, we really have only talked like five, six times. I mean, like really talked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, with that, relationships blossom. You learn more about it. So every single day I learn something new about you. And so thinking about all the places that you've been and all the things that you've seen uh, sheds a lot of light on who you are as an individual and some of the, some of the mindset that, that, mm. that you have. And that's no different from everybody listening to this podcast. Like we all have these experiences in our life that helps create our perception of what is. Now, I say that because what's interesting is we've had a lot of conversations about your business. So now you're, you're, you're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. You decided that you were going to buck the trend of, of being, you know, or living paycheck to paycheck like your mother and like your father. You said, you know what? I'm going all in. I'm going I'm to be a business center, owner. And you own two businesses. Yeah. Uh, so you, you are a, a gym owner. Yeah. Uh, we talked about TFW. Right. But you also own a janitorial services where you manage people and just got a great contract. So congratulations to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. 
But yet, you, you know, you, you, you've made all these risks and you're putting yourself out there, but you still, right now, you're dealing with this struggle of trying to figure out how to pay the bills. You're trying to figure out how to make ends meet. How do you cope with that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, so I say, like, in dealing with all the, the, the stress that goes along with bills and owning businesses and all this, they're going to always be there, right? Sure. So I think, for one, you have been a light in a short period of time and we actually been getting tight, just, like, trying to keep my composure and try to help me keep an open mind. Thank you. And because uh, it's easy to be, you know— To get sucked I in. I had to sign my life away with 200— I had to sign 200 pieces of paper. I mean, right. <laughs> 10 minutes to sign 200 pieces of paper. But you're like, whoa— but, I mean, I'd say, like, the biggest thing with me is I surround myself around, like, what, what I like. Mm. And I'm not playing basketball anymore, but I, I like to play one-on-one. I like to talk crap on, the, you know, one-on-one, talking shit, shooting shit with people like you. Let's go grab something to eat. Let's, let's go lift weights. Let's go, you know, fitness is my outlet and my refuge, I say now. And um, I couldn't see myself behind a desk. And, you know, I mean, those, the people that do it, I mean, I commend them. I mean, I love it. But for me, I think it's, you know, I just love— I love health and fitness. I love uh, getting people better, whether it's uh, athletes or uh, just women and men that want to lose weight, who have sanitary lifestyles that come in here and they just want to say, hey, I need a, I need help. Mm. You know, because, you know, guys are hard with the ego, but, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to meet a lot of everyday people that just need help, women and men, like, losing weight or just being, uh, being in shape. Sure. And so uh, I'd say that's one of the things that, that hell, you know, people, one of the things that my gym has developed that I like is people I never thought I'd meet in a million years. You know, I'm over their house going to, you know, eating and shooting the shit with them. And, you know, like I've been exposed to a lot of, uh, you could say, what do you want to say? Uh, successful people. Mm-hmm. And they're nice people. And then you got some that, you know, you say, like, hey, I'm over here, but I don't think I'll be back. I can do without. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been cool, but it's just like, I try to surround myself around those kind of people because I, I when it comes to working out, man, I might work out three days. If, it's, if the stress is really hitting me, I'll come in the back and just hit the weights or do something, you know, let me get on this tread. Let me go, let me go do some sprints. Let me go run the hill. Let me, something related to fitness or. Now, why is your stamina still so suspect? Then? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you said so many things just now uh, that I believe that our listeners uh, can relate to. So the first thing that you said, it, it, this is your first time tuning into the podcast. First of all, Welcome. But uh, the concept that we talk about on a regular basis is called fundamentalism. And we don't always call it out specifically, but, but basically it's gravitating towards the things that give you strength. Everybody in this world has challenges that they face in life. Every single one of you listening is going to be faced with challenge or have faced some unspeakable uh, travesty or challenge in your life. So what Lou just said is, man, when I'm dealing with the stress, I love gravitating towards the things that make me smile. Like I hoop, I talk mess, I go out to eat with my friends, you know, those, it's not rocket science. Like when you're having a bad day or when you're being challenged with something, if you go and you do something that makes you smile, you think about the stuff that doesn't make you smile a little bit less. And so there's something magical in what you just said. And I, and I appreciate that. And that's the environment that you're trying to create here at, at TFW. Yeah. You also said that you like to surround yourself with people that um, that help make you feel good or that help lift you up mm-hmm. or that you could learn from. And so recently had a conversation with a, a gentleman that we both know. We were talking about um, the people that you surround yourself with and the situations that you, that you find yourself in. And this particular gen- gentleman said, you know, I'm a really cynical person. And so I, you know, I asked a bunch of questions and I know a lot of you listening today are, might be cynical. But I asked him, you know, 
tell me a little bit about the experiences and why you're, why you're so cynical. I believe that this gentleman is cynical because he surrounds himself with people that, that challenge his moral compass, right? That he looks at and the worst uh, in and of himself he sees in others. And then that, that environment is manifested and then the relationship goes south. Mm-hmm. So specifically, if you're going to surround yourself with people um, that drive cynicism in your life, well, what that tells me is you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people. Because I meet people like you and people like Rob and uh, people like Chase down at Charlie Hustle, uh, people like Larry Perez, who Rob, you you know, that just lift us up. And they have forced me to think about where I am in life and gravitate towards the things that I love. And that's why I'm here today. So I I believe that that is something that your gym has um, that a lot of gyms don't because everybody right now says that they want to get in shape. Yeah. But not everybody's making it a priority. No. So if you think about your gym... TFW, which again stands for training for warriors. Training for warriors. Are you a warrior? I am. I will say that you're about the the. Uh, I don't want to say bulkiest, but like, is dense the word? Like, when you post me up, you were like the. <laughs> I don't want to say strongest, but like thickest dude ever. Like it hurts. You were like a rock. You still don't have any stamina. Yeah. And you still will get ran in the streets. Stop. But Stop. what I'm saying Stop. is, I admire your All fitness level. What differentiates your gym and the relationship that you have with your clients from others? I mean, there's Lifetime Fitness, there's Genesis, there's all these others, but what differentiates yours? So I would say mainly, like I told you, to be honest, the camaraderie. Like, I'm not selling you on, like, the fancy stuff. We don't have a spa. We don't have a, you know, all that stuff is cool. But if you want to, like, get a good work in, get results, and um, I'd say if you want to get results, uh get a good workout and be around like people like you just said with fundamentals fundamentalism mm-hmm. like that's here because we all like I, I have a, a niche to bring that out of people like I have everybody like a nickname for people like I give everybody a nickname my basketball kids my personal training clients my weight loss clients my everybody everybody got a nickname right right and some are crazy <laughs> names that I can't even say on here but, <laughs> but it, it's all in love and you know it, it, you know I think a lot of a lot of the workouts it, it takes these guys it takes us all back to like when we play high school sports we play middle school sports or college sports all of our sports makes every um adult it makes them relive those glory days sure and not only that is we've created an environment here that you have a coach myself my staff uh we're the, we're the coaches and you know, we, we're gonna give you the, the, the all the, the um, knowledge as far as nutrition, as far as uh, every message that we start with our gym, and uh, every workout starts with a motivational message, mm-hmm. right? So this whole week we've been talking about like people and facing adversity and how they uh, face the adversity and um, overcome a lot of uh, st- uh, obstacles in their path. Sure. And um, one of them, you know, let's say it was uh, the lady that created Harry Potter. Okay. You know, she... You know, J.K. Rowling. Right. You know, she... Living in her car. Exactly. And despite that, you know, she's going to a coffee shop every night. She's writing a book there. The coffee people start giving her, you know, tea and start helping her, you know, her and her kid. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, what is she? She's very successful. Harry Potter's, you know, billionaire, you know, big castle. And, right. But, <laughs> but she started, you know, everybody has their starting. And, it, you know, um, Dr. Seuss, he was rejected 27 times. Wow. Before, you know, like, so like the Michael Jordan him, got cut, you know, high yeah, school. All these people that they said, oh, he's not going to make it. He's too small. Like, he's Steph Curry. He wasn't going to make He wasn't going to be an NBA, a good NBA player. Mm-hmm. LeBron James, he won't make it. All these guys, like, you know, like there was doubted or whatever. The more behind that, all these successful people, uh, 
the Apple guy uh, uh, jobs. Mm-hmm. All these, we, we, so we talked about all these every day. It was some kind of a person that faced adversity or faced a, cha- uh, a messed up background. And 10, 15 years later, they're very successful. Right. And so we try to relate that with the workout. You can relate that with your career, whether, whether it's your health and fitness, uh, your relationships with your, your spouse, whatever, that you're going to be faced with it, but it's what you do. Sure. Like, how are you going to fold? Are you going to, you know, ask for help? And a lot of, and I think it comes back down to also, like, a lot of people are scared to ask for help. Me, I don't have, I'm not a prideful man. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't understand this. I need help. Like, <laughs> I'm the quickest dude that, hey, I need help. Like, hey, I don't, you know, uh, you know, if I can't do it, I'm going to try. First, I'm going to try, I'm, I'm going to try to do it myself for first off. Then I'm going to try to exhaust all my resources. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a prideful guy when it comes to that. What's Rob's nickname? <laughs> you, you, are, you want your <laughs> Rob, what's your nickname? Tell him. I don't know. You don't know your nickname? You don't have a nickname? I have a, a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> he says he has a bunch, ladies and gentlemen. I, what I gather is they don't want to say it on air, which I respect. So <laughs> we'll let that one go. We could, uh, I can say one. What is it? Tight ass shorts. Tight ass shorts. <laughs> I've never seen you in shorts, Rob. Yeah, you see how tight they are. Boy. You see every vein in his leg. So you're vascular. That's a strong. A lot I, of I wouldn't wouldn't say that either. <laughs> boy, about to brush out them shorts and walk. <laughs> so uh, Rob is extremely good. People, when you think about who you want to surround yourself with, obviously, yeah. Rob case is, in point, Rob. Yep. Six, five months ago, I met him. He's like, I want to get in shape. You know, now he's put on. And that wasn't six, five months ago. That six, was when we did the Kareem Rush podcast. No, it was like, that was like October. Was it? Yeah. That shit, that, For real? No, you're getting old in your age, man. That is true. I'm 37 years old. How old are you? So, I'm one year younger than you. Okay. He, uh, but uh, That's yeah. That's why I'm, he, so get, to thir- get to 37, yeah, talk yeah, to me I about will. how great your shot is. Yeah. It'd be better than that shit you got. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, wanted to put on some weight. Okay. 15 pounds later, he's got 15 pounds on him. Yeah. And a perfect testament to you. Uh, in the environment that you create, you know, I get this, I get the opportunity to spend a lot of time with Rob, our cameraman. And um, he said, man, I'm eternally grateful for Luther. Luther got me, he got my body back. Like he got me to a place his where mom, I His mom more t- told me, gave me a big hug, said, you got my boy back. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's tough. You that's, know, I'm like, how you know me? Like she walked up to me in the store and just, that made my, that made my day. Mm. I'm like, she, she knew me and knew my name and everything. Start hugging me. I'm like, man, you know, I got a lady here that was like, you know, she's like 300 pounds, man. She's down to like 197. Wow. Two and a half years. That's crazy. Kept going. That's the, that's the stuff that, that really inspires me, man. Seeing that, like, keep going, keep going. You got more, you got more. And it's, and then believing in these guys, you know, a lot of a lot of these coaches and a lot of trainers, they don't, you know, it's all about the money, like you said. So we, we're money driven. And that's just a natural thing. I, even myself, but when you see somebody success as far as them losing weight from, point a to point z you're like dang i had i had i had something to do with that and sure. i feel like that's uh that's pretty cool to say you had something to do with somebody uh their journey as far as uh for them to get their health back so they won't be a uh, high blood pressure or you know you know we have a lot of touching stories and you know some of our members that i, I work with you know almost got divorced because of their weight or some of them um you know were just functioning alcoholics mm. but now they don't drink no more right you know, so those are my real heroes, and those are my real guys I can talk about. I've been fortunate to work with a lot of athletes, though, pro athletes and college athletes, and that's cool, too. Don't well, you work with me, so, yeah, you got all of those bases covered. Look at this. This is true. Look at this. this true. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned a lot of folks are motivated by money, and uh, 
you know, I, I believe that we were all placed in each other's lives for a reason. And, and you and I have come to each other's lives in an interesting place in both of our careers. And we've talked a lot about, you know, it's, it's easy to say um, that these feel-good stories that make you tick, but then you get at home and you see that these bills are piling up and yeah. you see that those experiences aren't, aren't paying the bills, right? Yeah. And so you stress about it and you stress about money and finding the next client or whatever it may be. You said these folks are motivated by money. So one of the biggest things that I challenge people to do when I'm on stage or when I'm on the podcast or when I'm just, you know, rapping here and now is that I don't believe that anybody's motivated by money. You think you're motivated by money, but what you're really motivated by is experience because money gives you the opportunity to buy experience. Right now you're stressing about paying the bills. Right now you're stressing about paying this lease. Right now you're stressing about whatever it is you're stressing about, right? And you believe that money is going to give you the opportunity to pay these things down to a place where you don't have to stress about it right now. What that is, is that's experience. You want the experience to live freedom. You, you want the experience to be able to come in here and be motivated by all these folks and these amazing stories and the relationships that you create with folks like Rob and the, and the young lady that you said lost you know uh, over 100 pounds. That's what you want to feel, but you're so burdened by money that you can't, right? So... I believe that, again, uh, my goal uh, in this relationship, you and I's relationship, is, is I'm a, a living testament. And I haven't talked a lot about this openly with anybody uh, but you. Just two years ago, Luther, uh, I was, we were in the red. Like, I quit my job. You know that I had a really great job. Mm-hmm. I was making money, and I was miserable. Yeah. You know, I was chasing that paycheck, and it was the worst I ever been. I drank every night. I smoked weed every night. And either one of those things in, in isolation, I don't, I don't think are a bad thing. But when you're doing it to escape something, you got problems, right? Mm-hmm. So I had this brand new baby girl. I wasn't present at home. Uh, I had a beautiful wife that loved me. We lived in Portland, Oregon. And I went home every night, and I wasn't present. So I decided to quit my job. And I pursued this, this fundamentalism thing. And I'll never forget, my wife said to me one day as I was crying on her shoulder, and I think that you could relate to that because you're an emotional being as well. Very. She says to me, Paul, uh, the world needs fundamentalism, but you need it more. I encourage you to go out and chase it, and I support you. And that's when I knew that I had the girl that I needed to have, right? Mm. I, the woman of my dreams. So it didn't come without challenge and adversity, which we're going to talk about in your life, though, because with that... I leave a hundred thousand dollar a year job, and now I'm trying. I'm trying to make it all my own. And you know, I got. I'm living on credit cards. I got thirty thousand in credit card debt. I don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. But you know what? I wasn't stressing about money anymore. That's what's weird. Like I was really gravitating towards the things that lifted me up and the people that I knew were good for me and challenged me. And I can honestly say, two years later, Lou, I'm in a. I'm in a wonderful place. Like. There's a term out there called hacking the flow when you just figure it out. Like, and I'm not saying that there's not there's not room for growth and that um, that I don't have a lot more goals. But when you truly hack the flow, you just you feel like you're in the zone. Like you're just you're just riding the wave and you're doing the damn thing and you don't feel like you're working because you're right, doing the stuff right, that you right, love. Right, right? Right, right. My point is, I don't have a ton of credit card debt anymore. No, um, I'm doing all right. Yeah, the come up is happening. And I believe that it's happening because I wasn't chasing the money. And I know that that's, that's easy for me to say. And we've talked about this at nauseum. And you say, Paul, it's so easy for you to say that when you're not staring at a lease. And what I remind you is at one point in time I was, bro, like I, I was in your shoes. I think it's important to bring this conversation out right now between you and I, because everybody listening right now is dealing with the same thing. Like, yeah. 
everybody's on lock with a day-to-day paycheck or uh, they're miserable in whatever situation. They're so scared to leave because they don't know how they're going to make it. But I believe in my heart of hearts, if you do what you love and you're passionate about it, I told Lou flat out, I told you the other day, I said, Lou, you're not good at making money. Like, that's not what you're good at. That's what you're trying to do, but that's not what you're good at. You're good at training people. You're good at being a genuine dude. You're good at, at inspiring people to lose 100 pounds or to want to come in here and be different. You're creating these experiences that people are living. That's what you're good at. And when you find a way to showcase that in everything that you do and stop stressing about making the money, I'm telling you, man, these people are going to find you. I know that these people listening to this podcast would, would appreciate that. Now, reason why I bring all that up, is because I've had my own trials and tribulations, as is everybody else. You're, you're faced with, with challenge every single day, but you talked about perspective earlier. Being overseas, man, it provided a lot of perspective and seeing uh, you know, a, a young lady wash her, her, her uh, child in a puddle and, and seeing all these folks in poverty, it puts a lot of things in perspective. I think even you in your own personal life, if you look back of all the stuff that you've been challenged with right now, is nothing, right? It's peanuts. Oh, no. So talk to me uh, in the audience about um, those challenging days in your life and uh, what was going on and, and how you got through them. Uh, so it's about challenging. to get deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as far as just growing up, I mean, it was times when, you know, my mom, we had our lights cut out sometimes. We had, you know, he, you know, sometimes we, it was just tough, man. I mean, my freshman year, we got, I didn't know it foreclosed me, so we got our house foreclosed. And I'm like, man, I'm living with family and my boys. And I'm like, man, like, but I, they, at the time, I didn't understand what was going on. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just thinking I'm staying here for a little bit, you know, until we get back on our feet. And things got better. Um, I mean, but it was just like, you know, I, when my grandma was alive, we used to get like commodities. That's like government food. But I, I, I didn't know it was a bad thing growing up. You know, it was good as hell to, you know. Sure, was, I was on WIC. Yeah, we were, same, we were living same it thing. Up. Yeah, okay. so I'm like, man, like, uh, but when, when people, you know, to me, that was how I grew up. You know, like, it was tough times. It was, you know, stuff that my mom sacrificed. She wouldn't pay a bill to make sure I had basketball shoes. You know what I mean? Like, those are the things that make me, those type of uh, memories make me be like, okay, shit, man, I got to turn it up. Right. Or when you feel like giving up, you think about that. Sure. Did your mom give up? Did she? No. Did your dad give up? No. Did she? And they provided for me as much as they could. They still do it to, from time to time when they can. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, as far as struggles, I mean, that. Didn't uh, you say that you, you mentioned J.K. Rowling? Uh, you mentioned to me in passing the other day, there was a time that you lived out of your car. Did you did you say that? No, not, not me, not that. One. He said, not I me. Was, I didn't live out of my nah, car. Nah, nah, uh, no, that one. But, but um, you did, uh, you did introduce a man, a gut wrenching story to me. Like uh, in the first couple conversations that we had, you told me about the hardest struggle that you ever went through and uh, thinking about not being here anymore. Uh, yeah. Would you mind sharing that story? Uh, <laughs> uh, just like depression. Yeah. So like I relate to like a lot of those athletes who go on through that. So like. I know, like, when I hear people say, oh, yeah, you got all the millions of dollars, like you say, it goes back to the money thing. Like, I know, you know, Kevin Love and uh, DeMar DeRozan, they yes. actually struggle with mental health issues. So, like, I train a lot of athletes. So, some of them, I'm not a counselor, but I can tell them from my experiences with depression and some of the things I went through with depression that, you know, I'm just blessed to still be here a lot, you know, today. And so, um, I try to relate to them and tell them my testimony and my story because, 
a lot of people don't want to be open with that and they don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. because they, it, they're prideful or sure. their ego or this person might be psychotic. You know sure. what I mean? But it's not that. You you go through stuff. You go through... doesn't mean that you're not a... Uh, you're human, you yeah. know, and I think that we put a lot of pro athletes on a pedestal or college athletes, collegiate athletes on a pedestal, and it's like, shit, these people are just like us. And uh, I, I, when people say, how can you go to a counselor? I mean, I've been a counselor. You know, I've been, you know, um, to help me. To, you just need someone to talk to. Sure. And um, I think that it's hard to admit that you need help, and and, and it's like you'll just say, oh, no, I'm, doing, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to – I don't want to talk about my problems hmm. to someone. So – they they hold it, and that's why a lot of suicide rates are up. Sure. Instead of just going to get help. You know, like Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, if I if I had access to talk to him, I would actually be like, hey, man, you need to talk. Hit me up. You know, those dudes. I mean, because to hear people, you know, you hear a lot of people scrutinize guys like, I mean, these dudes are in the NBA, but, yeah, they're multimillionaires. That's cool, but they still are human. Sure, absolutely. You know, so depression and mental health is real. Well, you know? and along those lines, I think that it's so faux pas for us to um, – talk about things like suicide. And I know that, you know, we're talking about professional athletes, but there's not a person listening to this right now that can honestly tell themselves that they haven't thought in their head at one point in time in the most challenging situation that they've ever faced, maybe life would be a little bit easier if I wasn't here. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that you, you, you know, you, you took steps to, um, to explore suicide. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that I believe that we've all, and it's very common, had thoughts in our head saying, man, I just don't want to deal with this. Or it's so much easier just to not be faced with this challenge. What if I just wasn't even here? And I think today in, in, in today's society... It's so it's so faux pas to talk about that because then also we live in a very judgmental that's ex- closed minded society. Absolutely. So Absolutely. when you live in a judgmental society, it's like, you know, you never know what a person's going through. Sure. So who am I to talk about this man or this woman over here? You right. know what I mean? Like, that's not my you know, I you know, and I've been guilty of him in the past, but I'm like, hey, that's who he is and that's who she is. Like, hey, I accept him and her for what they are, what they do, that's that's on them. That ain't sure. got nothing to do with me, in right. my life. But you know, like you said, it's uh, we live in a very judgmental. Like I said, you live in a judgment. We live in a judgmental so- uh, society, very closed-minded. If it's not black or white, then it ain't right. Mm. You know, you don't. No one wants to see that gray area. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's always a gray area. It's not black or white. It's not. <laughs> there's, a, <laughs> there's a gray area, and it's, it's Transylvanian. It is. <laughs> so you talked about sharing your testimony, and uh, I'm pushing on you a little bit because I think this story is so impactful. You had one of those moments where you were like. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this no more. And, uh, and if you're comfortable, Lou, I think that so many people could learn from it. I want to hear, I want to hear it. Uh, <laughs> uh, just that, uh, I just. You said remove your pride <laughs> and your ego, man. I know, man, I know. So I, yeah, I experienced it and, uh, went through it actually and tried to do it myself. And luckily I woke up and I was, there you know i was here still and mm. my buddy found me and i'm fortunate for him right and yeah um never would do that in life again mm. but uh yeah like the reason why i bring it up and i know it's uncomfortable to talk about man um when you share stuff like this you said you never know what other people are going through there's somebody right now that's listening and they're thinking about it I myself had a boy. I didn't tell you this. It was my boy growing up. And uh, in high school, something was off. Mm-hmm. He came over to my house one night, and he was just he was just acting different, yeah. right? 
And I just sensed like the energy was all, you know, I'm, I'm all about energy. Right. When something don't feel right, like I feel sick to my stomach. Yeah. And so I was asking him, what's going on? What's going on? Nothing. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't give me no, no, no information. Well, he was carrying with him a backpack. And I opened the backpack, and there was a, there was a noose in his backpack. Mm-hmm. And I pull it out. I said, what the hell is this? And he tries to downplay. He's like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing, right? Well, I knew what he was going through. Like, I knew that he was going through some significant challenges in life. And he had, he had so much going for him. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, he had so much not going for him, right? And we all know somebody like that. Mm-hmm. When you hear these stories, I think so many people can relate that, you know, from a perspective standpoint, we're all similar. Black, white, gray, yeah. it don't matter. Like, yeah. everybody's going through something. And it doesn't matter. You see all these, all these, we talked about this the other day, all these celebrities, all these, uh, you know, comedians, Robin Williams, whoever it may be, and they're committing suicide. And you think that they got everything that you want. Like, oh, money, you're going to solve, money's going to solve them. And I, I don't say you, I mean, like, society, like, money's going to solve all my issues. It don't. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is you, your experience in life and how you feel, right? People aren't going to remember you. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And so at the end of the day, when you're buried, we're buried long and gone, ain't nobody going to see the amount of money that you made on your grave. There's been a lot of multimillionaires. People don't talk about Steve Jobs because of the amount of money that he made. They talk about him because of what he created and how humble he was. Yeah. Warren Buffett's another perfect example. But did you see the meme recently of, uh, of Steve Jobs when he was alive, standing in line for a hamburger that the, the line was like 15 deep and somebody posted something about, you know, when a, when a billionaire is sitting in line just like everybody else. They are everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so as, as you uh, are sharing your testimony or as you guys are listening to this and you're going through whatever it is you're going through, remember that... You're no different from everybody else. It's all about putting yourself in a good situation too. That's like it. one of the stories we got with, with our we t- I, I share with is um, you brought that up. It's funny you brought that up. It's about a one of the tr- uh, motivational messages. With, with one of our motivational messages relates to a, a kid, and uh, he the, it goes that um, these two boys and they were in, they met each other in high school uh, freshman year, and. Um, the guy walks up to him and sees him has all his papers and calculator and pens and stapler all over the floor. So he goes over and helps him pick it up. So he says he picks it up and they end up walking home just come, just to find out he lives literally right on the next block. So he's like, oh, man, you want to come over and play video video games? So the, the kid he helped pick up the stuff, he's like, yeah. He's like, eh, all right, sure. And so they end up being friends for four years straight. They was inseparable, right? Well, come graduation, he says, man, do you remember the day, the friend that the guy that was picked, you know, had the stuff all over the, uh, the floor, he goes, do you know what, what happened that day that you and we met? You remember that day? He's like, yeah, man, you had your, you had, you had your shit all over the floor. You had your calculator. You had your bag. You was a mess that day. He said, yeah. He's like, do you, want, do you know what I was about to do that day? And he said, no, what was you about to do? He's like, well, I was actually cleaning out my locker, and a, a guy had bumped into me because I felt, you know, the, I'm, I'm, at the point in time, uh, I was being pushed around. Being and, bullied. Yeah, and and um, he said that uh, he was picking up his, his stuff and cleaning out his locker for the next person to take over that locker because he he, he was going home to take pills and commit suicide. Mm. And uh, it was a true story about a, a guy out in, I want to say Portland, Oregon. But uh, him and that guy actually became real close friends on a successful company. And it had, if he hadn't bumped into that dude, he wouldn't be here today. 
Mm. It's a true story. And, and the moral behind it is you always want to surround yourself, like you said, around people that are positive energy or that can uplift you, not someone that's going to bring you down. You want to be around the most positive people. And I mean, e even if you don't want to, you can take other routes besides going to a counselor. You can just be around a positive energy. Right. And that, I think. Or go work out. Or go right? work out. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you got to work out 18 times in a day, that's right. go work out. <laughs> work out or get around positive energy. Because if you don't, then that's when those thoughts come in your You're head. just alone in your you thoughts. Alone. Yeah. That's right. And if you're already down, it can get real bad for you real quick. Well, uh, I've probably told this story before, and so forgive the redundancy if you've heard it. Um, but one of the main reasons why I got into the speaking business is I saw a speaker years ago by the name of Keith Harrell, and he used to tell a story about his grandma growing up. And he'd say, uh, you know, my grandma used to tell me, he said, don't ever judge the face if you can't judge the heart. Mm -hmm. You never know where someone's been and you don't know what they're going through in life. Yeah. He said, growing up, your grandma gave you so many smiles. So if someone doesn't have one, you bless them with one of your own. That's what inspired me that day to figure out how to get into this business and find a way to help people. Because every single day you got, you got members that come in here and some of them want to be here, Lou. Some of them don't. Some of it took every ounce of courage and every, every ounce of push that they have in their body to force themselves to get up at 545 and go work out. Mm -hmm. But they did it. And then they got to see you. And they got to hear Rob cracking jokes and being silly in his tight-ass tight shorts. shorts. <laughs> and it made them realize that it was all worth it. So I admire you, man. Um, you know, our relationship is, is obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's fresh. It's just getting started. We got a lot to accomplish together. But I admire what you're building, and you just remember that that as you're as you're trying to figure it out, as you're trying to find your way, as you're trying to figure out what's motivating you and all that stuff. Remember, there's a lot of people that look up to you, and there's a lot of people that see that you took this risk uh, to go out and build something, and that you're grinding, and they oh, don't yeah. know how to do it, and oh, you're yeah, inspiring sure. them. Yeah, appreciate it, man. So. People want to come and they want to support a local business owner because they hear how great of a dude you are and they hear the environment that you've created. How do they learn more about TFW and Luther Glover? Um, they got to hit you up on your Hotmail account? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. We got Trending for Warriors, uh, Trending for Warriors, Kansas City Okay. And then we have an Instagram page. We have uh, Trending for Warriors, uh, Lenexa. We have that on Instagram. We have, um, we're still working on our, uh, social, social media platform. As you see, it's very, very low key here. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to post all this stuff, obviously, in the blog post, and ensure that all of our listeners have it. But, but more, most importantly, just learn a little bit more about Luther and the environment. If you're looking low key uh, to get in shape and you want to be part of something bigger and you want to feel inspired, then check out TFW and Luther Glover. He's a great dude. Uh, thank you very much for being here, man. You're a good dude. Appreciate it. Oh, man. I'm going to go get these L's. I mean, W's. <laughs> You better take all L. She ain't getting no wins. Uh, thank you again for joining us, the Fundamism Podcast. As always, we challenge you to go out and create a little bit of fun in your day. Uh, but hopefully you find a way to create some fun in others' lives as well. Uh, tune in for the next Fundamism Podcast and have a blessed day.